1: This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by OTRAM, Connor O'Neill, Scotty's Nipple Tape, Michelle Baram, and all of our Patreon supporters, and of course, you, the listener. <laughs> The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Lauren, your story is the stuff that they make movies out of. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Have have you began casting? Who plays Lauren Jones in the Redemption movie? Who would be a good actress to play you?
2: Oh gosh, uh, I've not thought about that, and I don't know.
1: I <laughs> so threw you I'm off right away. <laughs> you weren't expecting me to come in with a running question, and I, yes. I, I, I'm throwing you off right away. So yeah, right away, we have to tackle this. Who would be who would be a good? Warren Jones. Um, Mm -hmm. Emily Blunt. I think Emily Blunt, if she could get an American accent down, she could play you.
2: There you go. I like it. Yeah. Um,
1: This is such a great story, though. And I think we all love redemption stories. We all love those stories that somebody has to overcome some major adversity and do some things that... You know, they didn't think was 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 possible at all. And Lauren, I think that story, your story, has that, and we're going to get to that in a minute. I also wanted to have you on because someone, this is sad. This, I'm 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 calling out podcasters across the United States. This is sad. Someone messaged me and said, Ryan, your interview with Stephen Kornhaus from years ago is the only podcast about the no business 100
2: oh wow
1: and i was like get out of surely surely that can't be true if it is true shame shame if it's not true google what what's what's wrong with you lauren this race has slowly but surely become one of the premier ultra running events in the south, this beautiful two-state 102-mile loop with 14 and a half thousand feet of gain and loss in this beautiful, unforgiving backcountry of, of Tennessee and Kentucky. I can see why you were so drawn to this race.
2: Yeah, I mean Brian and Shelley put on an incredible not just race, but the entire weekend. They just do such a really classy and like full uh i just think of everything yeah they do such a good job um and they're just such nice people too which is really nice um yeah the race is absolutely gorgeous it's uh you know on paper it's like fourteen thousand feet a game yeah um it's a lot harder than it looks on paper (laughs) (laughs) it is (laughs) it is a, a beast of a course that definitely deserves um some attention and like People should go run it. It's great.
1: <laughs> I absolutely agree. And, and and anytime you try to sign up for a Brian and Shelly Gages race and it's sold out, you're disappointed, but you're happy because you're like, oh, these great race directors, people are starting to catch on. They're having success, which is so great. Yeah, for sure.
2: And they deserve it for
1: sure. For sure. Um what attracted you to this race for last year? We got to back up for a year here. Let's let's go back to uh, you, 2022. You want to run, no business. What kind of attracted you to the race last year?
2: Um, I found out about the race uh, several years ago. It might have been the first year or the second year mm-hmm. of the race. Yeah. I kind of got pulled in last minute to pace a friend of a friend. Um, the person I was pacing, I had never actually met before. Um, so I was just gonna show up uh, in Kentucky or whatever and just run 20 miles with her, having never said any two like two words to her. So I was like, I hope, I hope we get along okay. <laughs> I hope it's right. Um, so that's where i got introduced to it it turns out like really great like we had a really good time together and the race was absolutely gorgeous i got to do the parts that were through some of like the really big rock arches yeah like that um and i was just blown away at how pretty it was it was not what i thought kentucky would be um, what
1: were you expecting? Were never... you expecting like running by moonshine stills and like, like well... Yeah, yeah, like
2: cornfield and moonshine. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I had never been to Kentucky and I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> so, like probably some horses, you know, because I know right. the Kentucky Derby. Yes.
1: Yeah. So i just gonna imagine that here's Lauren going. I'm just gonna go drive, you know, 300 miles to go pace a friend of a friend, someone I've never actually met in the real world. It's gonna be in Kentucky, so I'm excited for horses and moonshine stills. And <laughs> <Sign me up. laughs> we'll go down in the holler. You know? It'll be great. Exactly. And, and and it wasn't that at all. I mean, these are beautiful rolling hills and and, and I, I, you would call it I I don't I technically not mountainous terrain, but certainly steep in a lot of ups and downs.
2: Absolutely, yeah. not super mountainous for sure, but definitely plenty of ups and downs. Um, the parts that are technical are extremely technical mm-hmm. and the parts that aren't are really runnable. So, uh, it's a interesting mix for a race where, um, it's just like incredibly technical with big boulders and all kinds of rocks and yeah. stuff. Um, and then if it's not, it's really runnable. So you end up running a lot more than you normally would in a hundred. So yeah. It kind of breaks you down a little bit, um, more yeah. than you'd expect.
1: Well, how much of the course is the runnable stuff and how much is the really technical stuff
2: um i'd say probably 90 miles is pretty runnable um and then there's like maybe five to ten that uh you gotta really take your time and yeah. watch what you're doing i'm sure everybody has a different number right knows. right
1: someone's going <laughs> real like, numbers she's but, crazy yeah. lauren's crazy <laughs> i ran it and it's like 30 percent. you know it's unrunnable <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's, uh, but that's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really
2: nice. It's a it's a really great course. It's really, really pretty. Um, there's so many different pieces to it that mm-hmm. make it really pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I ran it with her and um, experienced it for the first time. And it was always on my radar, but not – I didn't immediately run it. That was probably five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I just was really looking for another 100-miler. I love the point-to-point – kind of format. Like a big um, loop. It's is, a
1: massive loop, right? I mean, you basically end yeah. where you start, but you cross over nothing. It's just one massive loop.
2: Right. Which is, like, for logistics, um, a giant loop is the easiest way to do a point-to-point run. Yeah, And yeah. so it was, uh, yeah, I just got really excited about it last year. Um, I had, like, I feel like I'd always come in, like, second or third in all these races, and I really wanted to have... Um, a, like really good um, trail run, like a really good hundred miler. That was a point to point kind of thing. And I really yeah. wanted to go for the win. I finally wanted like the win.
1: You were tired of second place. You're like, I am tired yeah. of of going <laughs> yeah. on that second spot of the podium. This is ridiculous. I can win yeah. one of these things and maybe depending on who shows up, because you never know, right? Yeah. This could have been your race. So when you approach it in 2022, and you know you've, you've had some experience of the race before. You liked it. You like the terrain. It kind of plays to your strengths of you know you're you're good and technical, but you can run pretty hard as well. Um, what was your training like? And kind of what was your mindset like going into no business the first time around?
2: Um, my training was really good. I, I have a coach, which is great. So she helps me like really build up and be smart. But um, my training was good. I felt really fit. I um, you know was doing some really good quality workouts during the week. Some really good long training runs on the weekends. And just feeling good you know you know when you like nail yeah, it
1: yeah. you know when you just have it you had a <laughs> bounce in your legs you like you have this like real spring yeah. in your step and you just yeah. you, you feel powerful with with every single step um but yeah, yeah. it's you, you love those training blocks that's when you know you did it right that's like okay right. guess what everything worked well and you feel confident coming in and going for that you talked about you were tired of second place you no longer want the smaller small trophy you want you want the big one so i can imagine that with a good training block you felt pretty darn good rolling into no business at the starting line in 2022
2: yeah, I felt cautiously optimistic. You know, you never know what's going to happen on race day. You never know who's going to show up. And um, this race isn't on an ultra sign up. And so you can't like ultra sign up stock everybody. <laughs> so it makes it a little harder to figure out who's showing up, who's going to be there. Um, there's always surprises, you know. Um, so yeah, I felt cautiously optimistic, but really excited to give it a go and like see if I could do it.
1: Look how much time it gave you, though. The gift that the Gageuses gave you by not putting an ultra sign-up is of all the nights you were going to spend stalking people and their ultra sign-up ranking was given back to you to do various other things.
2: That's right. I could actually just go train and be ready. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Instead of worrying.
1: <laughs> so the gun goes off 2022, no business. You are ready to do this thing on your own. You are ready to see all 102 miles and not just the 20 that are the, the postcard miles, the 20 postcard miles that you know, everybody takes the, the, the pictures in. Give us kind of your, your, your experience at the 2022 no business.
2: Yeah, so it went really well from the get go. Like, I felt super strong early on. Um, I found myself kind of in the, the like not quite the lead pack, but the the pack right behind the lead pack, yeah. which is a good place for me. You know, yeah. I don't want to be necessarily up there that early with some of the some of those guys are really fast. Um, so I found myself in like the next pack back and just felt comfortable and strong. And um, it was a perfect weather day. Like, I just. On all accounts, I just felt really strong. My legs felt great. Um, it went super smooth for like the first 20 miles or so. Yeah. Um, I think around 20 ish, I started to let the like bad thoughts creep in of, oh my gosh, you still have 80 miles to go, <laughs> um, which sounds really, really far when you've already run 20 miles. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I went through a pretty early low spot, which isn't typical for me. Yeah. Usually that comes away later. Um, so I went through a really low spot I was going through the section where I'd gotten stung by yellow jackets earlier in the summer (laughs) um, on the training run and I made it through that section without getting stung and so that was it kind of like helped lift me out of that that low you know it doesn't take much to change your emotions during these things Um, so I passed by the yellow jacket spot I got to the next um, aid station and fueled up and went on and just kind of started to eat my way out of that little dark place. Yeah. Um, and then my legs just felt really good. Um, they were just, I just kept looking at my watch and thinking like, I should, this should feel harder, you know, yeah. to keep this pace and it didn't. I just, it was one of those days where you just feel, it's just magical and it
1: feels wonderful. It's the day you um, train for. It's of, that perfect day that you just, you're waiting yeah. your whole life <laughs> to present itself.
2: Exactly. Like maybe one day you'll get that that day. Uh-huh. And this was that day yeah. for me. Um, I like climbed my way out of that little dark place and I, by like mile 30, 35, I was feeling like on top of the world. Um, I had made my way into first female spot. I think I was up in like fourth or fifth overall, um, somewhere up there and feeling very comfortable and very good. Um, and ready to just kind of like pound it for the next 60 miles. Um. Or however many miles it was, right, right. Uh, I saw, I saw Tim, my fiance, he was my crew at a uh, Duncan Hollow. Yeah, um, 37, 38 miles in. Um, we did a really quick exchange. Told him I was feeling great, and we were like, okay, see you at the next one. Yeah, and it's it's a long way before the next crew stop. Um, it's a really long stretch. Um, and so I was just ready to like tackle it and get it over with.
1: Yeah,
2: and move on. Um. Yeah, and then and that's where it went around. kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> okay, that's when it went all off the rails. So if you're thinking like, "Where? Yeah. W- wait a minute, this is not a movie. Why have we cast Emily Blunt as Lauren? What, <laughs> th- th- this sounds like she had two great races back to back, and she won. Oh, that's not inspiring. No, this is where this is where the story is told." you get 37 38 near 40 miles into this thing you are feeling wonderful this is the day you have trained for this is the day that you hope for every day that you lace up your shoes you go please god or whatever deity you, you 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 pray to give me this day and give me the strength to perform in this day and you're feeling fantastic first female, fourth overall, you are pounding it. You got to get through this section and then you've got hugs and kisses all the way into the finish line. And then it all goes wrong.
2: Yeah, it went wrong real fast. Um.
1: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: After leaving the Duncan Holloway Station, you have a pretty gnarly descent for a while. Um, And then you cross a really big water crossing um, when I got to that water crossing, there were multiple places you could exit the water from. Yeah. Um, and there weren't any markers right there. Someone had come and taken the markers away. And so I was pulling out my phone with the, I think I had Gaia app or whatever with yeah. the race on there to check, like, to see yeah. where I was going. Um, but I didn't want to give up my position. And so I was like dead set on continuing to move forward. Right. But looking at my phone. Um, so I'm looking at my phone. I'm on course. I'm going the right way and watching my little arrow face the right way and feeling good. And I'm going to put my phone away and I tripped over something. I still don't know what it was. Probably a route. Yeah. Um, it's actually going a slight uphill. You know, you're kind of safe in that place. Yeah. Um, just tripped and, uh, it just caught me super awkward instead of falling forward. Like I normally fall, I fell completely sideways. I fell like off the side of the trail, but my foot stayed stuck in whatever it was that it caught on.
1: Oh. Um, and so my
2: body went sideways. My foot stayed stable.
1: Did you hear like a snap or a pop or a crack? Oh, Any yeah. of the Rice Krispie sounds?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I heard it snap. Uh, and I, I said like out loud, I was like, I just broke my ankle. Oh. <laughs> like laying face down oh. off the side of the trail. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Oh. And here you are. Like that's not something like you can. Like I've rolled an ankle and you can you can work through that it takes a mile or two and your body just kind of at some point just gives up and goes okay fine we you're not going to stop let's just release this and we'll keep going that's not going to happen you can grab all the tape you want you can get you can get 10 rolls of k tape put it on there and it's not going to make a difference and here's the thing too you are not in a massive pack at this point. You are quietly near the front, not a whole There's not a whole lot of action going on in the front. People come in quick, come, come in quick, and then you've got packs behind that. So there you are. You're away from an aid station. You just had a gnarly descent out of that aid station into this into this river valley, and you're trying to go up and your ankle is broken. You got to think to yourself, well, what the heck do I do now? You have to know your race is over at that point, but how the heck do you get out of there? Yeah,
2: it it. you could think I would put those together really fast, um, but I didn't. I, uh, I knew that my ankle was broken. I said it out loud, um, <laughs> but then I kind of recovered and stood up and I convinced myself, or tried to convince myself it was just a sprain and I can walk it off and it's fine. Um, My race is definitely not over, obviously. Um, So I continued to hobble down the course, um, thinking I could walk it off and it would feel better in a few minutes. I popped some ibuprofen like immediately. I was like, okay, that'll kick in in a second. You'll be fine, just walk it off. You got enough of a lead, just like walk it off and get going later well it didn't really work
1: very well because it was broken
2: <laughs> so i didn't make it very far
1: doing that um, you can't ibuprofen yeah. your way out of a break is what no, you're saying no it
2: turns out it's not that simple um so i like slowly grappled with the idea that my race my day was over yeah um but i really didn't want to accept it and so i just sat on a log and uh, cried i like sobbed cried a lot I found a creek with some water some yeah. cold water and I you know iced my yeah quote unquote iced my ankle in the water um and just kind of sobbed and cried for a while I sat there for like 20 or 30 minutes before I could like stand up and face the fact that the quickest way out was to go backwards um yeah, I didn't want to turn around. I didn't want to take the first step the other way cuz right. that first step the other way was my race is over.
1: <laughs> right, cuz you you're you're so right. Going forward, that buckle is still a possibility, that podium is still a possibility, that that big trophy which I can see behind you is a possibility. Oh, yeah. But when you turn around and you head backwards, at that point the dream is over. It is not yeah. happening that is throwing in the towel and for someone who had put in the time for someone who had been robbed well not robbed i mean you know i'm sure the people that that you know finished ahead of you in those other races where you finished second i'm sure they worked hard and deserved it but after all of that time of second places having that great training block and then having that day at the start line where you're like i feel fantastic This is great. And then, you know, seeing your fiance and feeling great and rolling out of that aid station and how quickly things changed for you from this is great to my day is over sobbing for 20 minutes on the side of a trail and that first step heading back to the aid station that you left so confidently before that had to have just been heartbreaking
2: it was devastating yeah i still like shudder thinking about that moment and that time out on the trail um you know you spend a lot of time on the trail but you don't always remember all the little individual pieces or individual moments but that is a moment that is fried into my brain and will not leave yeah um that moment that i turned around um yeah i knew it was it you know i had to face the reality that this is broken. I can't possibly make it 60 more miles like this. Um, And now, you know, the sun's going to go down. It's going to get cold. I have no warm clothes and no nothing with me. So I have to, now it's like a get out of the woods safely. And like, now you're battling, you know, mother nature yeah <laughs> and like yeah. how do i how do i get safe now like it's not just a matter of my race is over but i also am not really that safe out here um, right and you're not no, no headlight no warm clothes yeah
1: and you're not moving fast you, you really you can't yeah. you are stuck at kind of the mercy of i'm sure your battery on your phone is at 30 percent or whatever at this point and <laughs> like can i hobble my way back to the starting line or to the last aid station on an iPhone battery and and a limp and some ibuprofen. Right. And it probably took forever um, or felt like it took forever to get back to that aid station.
2: Yeah. Longest three miles of my life for sure. Um, there was zero cell service. Uh, so I couldn't call anyone to let them know what was going on. Um, I picked up all these sticks trying to like lean on them and I just kept like disintegrating with any pressure so it was just a very slow hobble back um I finally started to see some runners coming yeah at me yeah um they were all incredibly sweet every single runner offered to escort me back right um, yeah take me back but you know, so thought they could uh carry me or anything there's this gnarly climb there's like, they could keep me company but they couldn't right help me yeah. so I didn't want to ruin anyone else's day and so I Turned on the help, but uh, one friend did tear off a tree limb for me. Yeah. So I had a fresh stick tease as a a crutch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was really helpful.
1: (laughs) You know, there are so many times when you probably want to estimate the distance back to the aid station quite a bit shorter than it actually is. And I'm sure when, when, (laughs) when someone has to... You know, hobble on a on a on a on a broken ankle back to an aid station. They probably know it's a mile and a half to get there, but they want to say, "Oh, it's not that far. It's like maybe three quarters of a mile, <laughs> right?"
2: Right, right. This is when I want my estimates to be very wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. Please don't tell me it's two yeah. or three miles because you know you're yeah. already in an emotional state at this point. You already are having to deal with. The fact that you've, you've 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 turned it in, it's done, and you're getting passed now, and even if you got back there and they're able to wrap it up, are you gonna be able to catch you know, the people that have passed you? Mm-hmm. So you get back to that aid station, and I'm sure the aid station workers were shocked to see you because you looked so great just moments before, and here you are now with a broken ankle.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, the aid station was pretty incredible. So I ran into a, a runner and her mm-hmm. pacer on my truck back, And they wanted to call for help but didn't have cell service. Yeah. Like the rest of us. Right. So, the painter said if they got up the trail and got cell service, she would try and call ahead and let... Somebody know? I don't even yeah. know how she had a phone number for whoever she
1: called. Um, Very planned, but person. somehow <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, knew exactly what they were doing. They are, all all <laughs> the numbers were in their phone. They followed that runner's manual to a T. So most people don't even yeah. read it; they read it cover to cover, letter to letter, page to page.
2: Right, and program the numbers. Yeah, so <laughs> impressed with her preparedness for sure. Um, but by the time I got all the way back up that gnarly climb and all that stuff. Um, there was actually a ride waiting for me. The aid station had been alerted and they had organized a ride for me, so I didn't even have to sit for hours, which is uncommon.
1: Oh, that's um, fantastic! Yeah,
2: was really great because I was obviously not in a great place and already an emotional mess, and to yeah. have them there, ready, ready and waiting was. But just incredible. It was it was really nice.
1: Was someone able to alert your fiance, or was he waiting at the next crew aid station, just taking a nap and going? Well, Lauren should be here in the next hour or so.
2: Yeah, he was just at the next aid station waiting. Um, no one had been able to get in touch. There's no cell service, so it wasn't until we left that aid station or on the road for another thirty minutes that we got a cell signal yeah to, to just send a text out we couldn't really make a phone call so we sent right. a text and uh and then he was very confused because he's like no i saw her and she looked great she didn't dnf what are you talking about you know so
1: right uh, and then you got very
2: confusing for him right
1: <laughs> and then you got a match bet you got to find him at some point and then you know you got to pack everything up and go home you do that You realize that you're going to have to go to the doctor. This is something that, you know, ibuprofen, rubbing dirt on it and walking it off is not going to fix. And two, this pretty much ends your year. When you break an ankle in October, you're, you're out of the game for, I'm sure they probably told you six months before you could really do some hardcore running on it.
2: Yeah, he was really hesitant to give me a time frame. I So it turned out I had three fractures in the end of my tibia, um, which is like the major bone in the lower part of your leg. Yeah. Um, so I had to take a little extra time off um, versus just having like one fracture. Um, so he was very hesitant to give me time frames. And yeah, it was definitely the rest of the year. So.
1: What was that like? because here you are you're a person and we've talked before on, on the podcast you had great success at Cocodona and you know you were starting to really put it together you were I mean you've always had you've always had incredible talent and speed but it seemed like that was kind of the start of I'm putting this together. I know the nutrition that works for me. I know the training that works for me. I know my strengths, I've got confidence in my abilities and I'm st- and you're starting to move your way up to getting that that first win. and all of the stars had aligned for you at that at that starting mm-hmm. line. Everything was telling you, this is Lauren's day. and there you are on the couch with a boot on your leg. <laughs> And all of that is gone. How did how did you feel during that?
2: Yeah, uh, that was devastating. Is like a word that comes to mind, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's worse than that. Um, I, you know, it was sad to have missed the opportunity of that particular race, mm-hmm. but also at forty years old, I was just looking ahead and saying like, this isn't just a race. This might just be my running career. Like, yeah. I, You know, I can come back and and run, but who knows that I can possibly ever be competitive again. So I honestly went to a pretty dark place and was kind of grieving uh, what I thought was the end of my running career altogether.
1: Um, How'd you pull yourself out of that? Did you distract yourself with other things or did you talk to somebody? Like, how did you pull yourself out of this darkness that was surrounding you? Because here you're thinking, just as I was about to hit my prime, I'm done. It's done.
2: Yeah. Uh, luckily, I have some really good people around me. My fiance, I have some really good friends um, that just really surrounded and mm-hmm. huddled around me. Um, I took a. I couldn't work either because um, I work on my feet, and so I was. Uh, that distraction was gone. I was just left on the couch watching. Oh. Me the world goodbye. <laughs> so yeah. It's a really boring place. Like, like, um, you can
1: only watch so much daytime TV. You know, you, you know, yeah. every personal injury law- lawyer in Georgia at that point, you know, you, yes. you, you, you've seen the showcase showdown enough times. You know that that person in fact is not the father, you know, it, it's, it's, you didn't have anything. That's like a double whammy. Imagine if you yeah. were able to at least throw yourself into work, right? Imagine if you were able to actually, you know just say okay i gotta i gotta go do some things but you took but right. that distraction was gone you were it's like hey lauren every sorry you can't work sit on the couch for six months that's all you can do
2: yeah it made it feel a lot more real that this was a really big life change you know because yeah. everything in my life stopped at that moment uh my entire life looked totally different i hadn't had three months off work since i was in college i don't think you know yeah. so this was just a, a very like demarcated kind of time in in space, but um, I knew I needed something to distract me, and TV hasn't really ever been like my go-to distraction. Right. It's right. fine for a little bit, but definitely not <laughs> enough to dive into. <laughs> um, so I I taught myself on YouTube videos how to crochet.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, um,
2: yeah, and that was my my new hobby that I took up. <laughs>
1: Send us in those directions. How did you go down a, a a knitting rabbit hole?
2: I don't I don't honestly know where the idea came from, but I know I, I knew I wanted something to do with my hands, just yeah. to like be busy and have something to to do and to achieve or to to make or something. Um, so I don't really remember how it came on my radar, but uh, I got onto it pretty quickly and so full into
1: that. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of your some of your the the projects that you made. What what did you during those 3 months, what did you knit?
2: Okay, my first thing was a hat. So I made a hat for myself. Okay. And a scarf that matched. Nice. Um, so that was pretty that was like the first week. I had a hat and scarf already ready. Um and then I saw all these little patterns for all these cute little animals, and so I made a bumblebee, I made a hippo, and then I made shirts that could go on the hippo, so he could change his clothes. Because <laughs> um, I thought, why not? You know, um, I made a squirrel, and he had a bushy tail and everything with like a different kind of yarn. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up uh, making—I made three like full sweaters for uh, one for myself and two for my like two best friends.
1: Wow. So, basically, Christmas of 2022 was the year Lauren gave everybody something that had to do with yarn.
2: Exactly. I made some koozies. Yeah, I made a little bit of everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it seems like that at least gave you something that could take your mind off of the fact that this thing that you loved, you still at this point were unsure whether you'd ever be able to do that again. But you were able to throw yourself into the knitting and it has to be the similarities have to be, I mean, they're there, this is a stretch folks, but you are, you are starting something, you are creating something and then you have this beautiful thing at the end, you know, mm-hmm. much like the, you know, the training, the race day and the memories, you know, you're, you're dedicated to this project And then much like the buckle, you have the hat at the end that you can remind you of that journey uh, to to get yourself there. So in a way, I can see it makes perfect sense therapy wise for someone like you to kind of jump into that world.
2: Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a very goal oriented thing. And so every day I would just chip away, you know chip away and see how far how close i could get to the end goal and then it was so fun to have the final product yeah um so very different way of having uh, a goal but but it made it a lot more um i don't know it just made it a lot more palatable to yeah to be completely incapacitated my entire life changed it at least gave me something to work towards yeah which is what i just am so used to doing
1: did you ever during the knitting or Or along that journey, did you ever come to peace with the terms that it may be over for you?
2: No, (laughs) I uh, pushed that to the far corners of my brain and wasn't I was not ready to tackle that reality. I needed I needed to get healed from this and start to recover and then face that as it came. But Mm. I wasn't ready to to face that yet because that was that would have been that's life-changing.
1: So the the knitting the sweater the sweater the animals the little jackets or little shirts for the hippo that was the distraction that is occupy your mind with those things so you don't occupy your mind with this reality that you, you you could be all done this could be the end of your career. At some point though in the healing process that ankle has got to start feeling more like it did before. And your doctor has to be telling you like, Oh, Lauren, you're healing very well. And there has to be those little glimmers of hope for you that, Oh, wait a minute. Mama might be back.
2: Yeah. Um, So I got, we had several x-rays early on. I got MRI, CT scans, like every imaging possible to try to look at exactly what all the, fractures looked like and if I needed surgery luckily I didn't need surgery um and so it was then we went for a good six or eight weeks before getting any more x-rays so I didn't know what was happening and it took a solid month for the swelling to go down my ankle didn't look like my own body for a long time my foot everything super bruised and really big um but that did finally subside Mm -hmm. and get a lot better and then it didn't hurt to you know Move and things like that. I put a sock on my foot again. Um, So it did start to feel better. So you definitely get hopeful. I've just always heard ankle injuries are like kind of devastating and are really tough to heal from. And so that couldn't leave my brain. Um, But when I finally did get some x-rays towards the end, he did assure me that everything looked really great. He said, your bones are really healthy. Like everything's healing really well. That was really nice to hear. Um, But you're still in a boot on a knee scooter.
1: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) As the progression goes, though, because now the swelling is down, now you're seeing the pictures and you're seeing those bones fuse. You've seen the x-rays. Now you're seeing them come back together and that break going away. At some point, and I'm sure it was you that brought it up. I'm sure. At uh, you know, when he's when you went back for the next X rays and the next checkup, and he goes, "Oh, Lauren, you're st- making great progress, continuing to to look better." Did you bring up running to him, or did he bring it up to you?
2: Uh, no, I brought it up on the first day I met him. Uh, <laughs> my ankle was very
1: broken. <laughs> so, hey, next week. Uh, hey, I've got a group run yeah. next week on Tuesday. Can you just make something to you know make that happen? Yeah.
2: I kept asking for cross training and like I was like, "Can I bike?" He's like, "No." Can I do this? No. Can I do this? No. Can I swim? Absolutely not. Nothing. <laughs> and uh, he just had to keep saying, "You can't do anything." I don't want the ankle moving at all. And, um, so, he, but he knew how I broke it. He knew the story, yeah. so he understood like why I was asking these things. But yeah, um, he knew he knew early on that that was. Uh, always my question.
1: Right? When can I in? start doing <laughs> anything? <Yeah. laughs> right. He, um, when he saw your chart in the door, he's like, "All right, here comes yeah. the question."
2: Well, yeah.
1: When did he tell you? Yes, let's give it a whirl.
2: I got the approval for I could start physical therapy. It was like the end of December.
1: Okay. Um, so yeah. you're able to go into physical therapy. Physical therapist going to look at things and make sure everything is doing what it's doing, and then they give you, of course, exercises because here you've been immobile for two months. Muscles weaken, you know, if things aren't used to to moving anymore. And so you go to physical therapy. Was was that was he giving you the okay to run slightly at that point, or was it let's do physical therapy first and then we'll see?
2: Yeah, very much not okay to run, um, which I wouldn't have been able to at all. But it was very much like, let's go to physical therapy for like weeks yeah. to a month. And then we can entertain the idea of running, um, which he was absolutely right. Um, as soon as I, uh, the pe- the physical therapist was like, okay, just take your boot off and like stand on your leg. And I was like, oh, no, I, c- I can't do that. My leg's broken, you know. Right. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and so it just totally took me off guard. That was just such a quick Thing. Yeah. Um, so then I got really excited. Like, I'm about to stand on my leg for the first yeah. time in a long time. Um, so I took my boot off and I stood on it and it hurt so bad. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> uh, like, just not using it for so long. I think, like, every little nerve ending was on fire and it was just incredibly painful. Like, the bone was fine, but everything else was awful and all the muscles were completely gone. My leg was, like, half the size of my other leg. Um yeah it was like a really exciting moment and then very quickly turned into like a really terrible moment right um You know, it was progress, which is nice, but it was very evident that I had a really long way to go.
1: Right. You look in that mirror and you got one regular (laughs) muscly leg and then a skinny little leg. You're like, I got to get sweatpants. This is way out of balance. (laughs) 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 So physical therapy goes well. You do a, a month's worth of physical therapy. Here we are. Now we've crossed over into the first part of 2023. It's January, February of 2023. When were you given the okay to let's see how this thing holds up to running.
2: Yeah, it was um, mid to late January. I could do some um, like walk, run kind of things. Um, and, you know, it felt really good to get to go try that. And it yeah. was very exciting. I always feel a little guilty about how negative I was about this whole coming back experience. Yeah. Um, but it's something you look forward to for so long. And then when you finally get to do it, it feels so terrible. <laughs> um, you can't really walk. Your stride's super awkward. Everything feels really awful. Yeah. And so I felt bad for not being more thankful or happy about it. Uh, well, I was happy about getting to try, but I was like really sad
1: about where I was. Right, you all of a sudden going, you know what, I think I may need to try cycling because if running is this, yeah. I'm out. This is not something yeah. that I wanna do if this is what it looks like. At some point though, you know, you start that walk run and I'm sure you were, you were like, my God, it was a mile and I feel miserable and I used to run hundreds for fun. Um, at some point though, there was a moment where you got a glimpse of Lauren pre-accident. Do you remember that moment?
2: I don't remember the exact moment but i do remember uh finally going on a run and my entire focus wasn't my ankle um yeah it was you know i was able to actually just kind of escape into the outside and not completely think about my ankle not to say i didn't think about it but right there was definitely like 10 minutes in my run where i didn't think about it and that That was progress and that felt really good. And I I knew that then I was gonna be okay. I was coming back. You know, I'd lost all my fitness. And so running a mile, running two miles just felt so much harder than it ever was. But I knew then that it's okay. I can work through fitness you can gain. As long as my like appendages work,
1: we're gonna make this work. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. At some point though, I mean, here's the thing. No business as you talked about is not a paved course. It is not a crushed gravel rails to trails where all you really have to worry about is a rock getting in your shoe. This is a technical race with some very, very technical spots. You broke your ankle in a very technical spot in this race. When did you start going like, you know what, I've got some unfinished business at No Business. I want to go back a year from breaking my ankle like i don't want to wait till 2024 i want to do this in 2023
2: i knew as soon as i left the the race uh, that i wanted to go back Um, And registration actually opens early January, maybe New Year's or something. And so I signed up for it before I was even walking.
1: You're in a boot, you wait, you're in a boot knitting hippos. You're knitting hippos in a boot, and you're like, I'm going to run, I'm going to sign, I'm going to give people a lot of money to run a very technical race. And the only thing I can do right now is knit hippos and sweaters for hippos.
2: (laughs) Well, it helped that I was already into a race, uh, before that earlier in the year that, uh, the Western States lottery happened in early December where I was very far from getting to walk. Yeah. Um, and on a knee scooter and I got into Western States. So I was already planning to run a hundred miles.
1: Of all, the, of all so, the years, though. And I'm sure there's a part right. of you like, don't pull me this year. Don't pull me. Oh, God, of all the years.
2: Yes, I was not even paying attention to the lottery because I <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get in for one. And two, I didn't want to get in because obviously this isn't going to be my year. Um, I was actually down in Tybee Island. We were celebrating my fiance's birthday because yeah. it's the same weekend. Yeah. Um, we're in this like, dive bar. Uh, drinking a Bloody Mary at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Yeah. whatever out of a a Styrofoam cup, we're like yeah. the only people in the bar, um, and just having a good. We were just having fun. Uh, I'd just been down on the beach in my on my scooter in the sand, you know. I was like, whatever, I don't care. I'm going down there, um, having a really good time. And then drinking my Bloody Mary. We're I think we're watching football or something, yeah. and um, my phone starts blowing up. And I was like, why am I? Why is everybody calling me? Like right who now? died? And I was like, right. what is it? Yeah. Right. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's the Western States lottery today. I was like, somebody I know got in. Like one of our friends must have gotten in. And I looked and I was like, oh, oh, it's me. I I got it.
1: It is so funny (laughs) that you say that, Lauren, because I have talked to so many people talking about their Western States story and how they they found out that they were in Everyone. It's like, I didn't even know, I, I forgot I was in it. I forgot it was that day. Like I was going about doing my business doing something else and all of a sudden my phone blows up and I'm like, oh, that's today? Like the people that sit there and watch the live stream of the lottery and they're like, every name that's drawn, they're like, that's me, that's me. And they never get in. It's the folks like Craig Thornley has some sort of, like mind powers where he goes like, there's a woman in Georgia who's got a broken ankle and no desire to run it this year, pull her name.
2: It's her year, yeah. It (laughs) took her seven years, but let's do it this year.
1: (laughs) Right, right, exactly, exactly. So that, that helps. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? so when you start feeling like yourself running again and you're running more than just a walk run was that like March March April yeah so you basically have like maybe 90 days to get in shape to run Western states yeah that's a tall Mm -hmm. order like (laughs) like, 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 let me go from zero to 100 miles in 90 days
2: It was uh, very intimidating and very motivating to get out there and work for yeah. sure. So uh, I was like, "This is this is my one chance at Western States, so I gotta do I gotta do the best I can. Yeah. I won't be my best self, but I gotta I gotta show up."
1: Yeah. You know? What'd you do at Western States? How did that finish for you?
2: Um, I finished fine. Um, I finished under twenty four hours. Oh uh, well, that's cause...
1: nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs> Eighteenth lady. I don't know what I was overall.
1: Eighteenth um, woman. And you were yeah. knitting hippo sweaters months before.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that had to yeah. have been for you a massive confidence builder for no business and a massive confidence builder for yourself. At that point, I mean, think about this for a second. You were an 18th woman at the local regional race. You're, you're top 20 at Western States, the Super Bowl. You got a silver Buckle at the Super Bowl three months after knitting hippo sweaters. I mean, that (laughs) had to have been, I mean, the finish line at Western States. I'm sure the the start line, I'm sure the early parts of the race, I am sure self-doubt crept up into your mind. I am sure that you were like, is this thing going to hold up for this entire race? The finish line of Western States is emotional for so many people. But for you, it must have been just a flood of emotions.
2: Oh, it was a basket case. I was, uh, inconsolably crying at the start line, let alone the finish line. <laughs> I was uh, just so overwhelmed that I was able to be there and gotten lucky enough to get to be drawn to be in this race. Yeah. And that I broke my leg at a time where it allowed me to heal enough to be here. You know, yeah. if I'd broken it in January, this wouldn't have been happening. Right. And so it, it all just aligned and worked out great. Um, I had a terrible day. It was like not my day by yeah, any means. I yeah. had an awful day on the course, but um, a really incredible experience getting to go and being a part of it. Um, it's it's definitely a unique experience. I'd never even been out to Western States to crew or pace anybody. Yeah. I'd never been on the course before. Um, it is
1: incredible. It's so. hot. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very hot.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, was no business, was kind of Western States maybe – the spice and no business for you was the main course to your year of redemption. So it was nice to finish it, but again, it gave you the self confidence to put in a massive training block between June and October.
2: Yeah, absolutely. um I was just excited to go participate in Western states, but you know, I'm not Courtney DeWalter. I'm not going to win the thing. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just go have a good time. Let's just. You know, not worry about being competitive. Just get out there and have fun. Enjoy the atmosphere was mm-hmm. more of the role there. Enjoy being back to running. Um, I was really trying not to put any pressure on myself whatsoever. Just trying to completely soak in the experience for what that was. But yeah. yeah, my my eyes were down the road at No Business, and that was where I was hoping to have the day.
1: The mindset at Western States was complete the course. Your mindset yeah. for No Business is compete on the course win this darn thing
2: exactly yeah
1: how was your training from the finish of western states to no business
2: it went really well um i I call it my, like, summer of fun, like, best summer ever. (laughs) Um, So it kicked off with Western States, and I got to go. I was lucky enough to go with, like, 11 of my friends. Uh, We had a huge crew of people. That's awesome. A couple of us were running, and so there was, like, two runners and then a whole bunch of friends and crew. So that was, like, a fun trip in itself. I came home and worked for a week after that, and then Tim and I my fiancé went back out to California and had um, a camper van trip for a week up and down Highway 1. Ooh, Uh, which was incredible. Yeah. And definitely the way I recommend recovering from a hundred miles. Yeah. Um, And then like a month later, uh, my two best girlfriends and I went to Europe and we ran the Alps. We ran around Mont Blanc. Um, So it's pretty good training and uh, just keeps you like super focused and I don't know, uh, not burned out, I guess. Yeah. Um, So I was just happy. Like I had, just such a fun summer. And then I also had a weekend with some of the other rabbit teammates and we went to Utah and ran there. So I was just constantly traveling all summer yeah. and seeing all kinds of really cool places and getting some really big miles and really big bird in. Um, and in between that, I had some really solid, just working weeks of training, um, just putting in some really good miles and really good workouts.
1: Was your mindset, I would I would imagine that after what you'd experienced at No Business in 2022, your mindset in the summer, once you finish Western States and your camper trip and you're over here and over there, your, your running that summer was probably from a sense of joy and gratitude. You had back what you thought you may never get back.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was... Beyond excited that I could still do this thing and uh, standing up on top of some of those mountains in the Alps and just realizing, like, I got here on my two, like, my own two feet and I can still do this. And I get to, uh, the joy is just like, oh, it just makes you tear up now even thinking about it.
1: It's not, it's <laughs> yeah, right. to
2: know that you have that gift back, you know? Yeah,
1: it's not over. It's not over. Yeah. Did that, yeah. did the time away, did the moments of doubt if you'd ever get it back, did it, change you in a way and the way you look at running
2: oh yeah absolutely i have so much more appreciation for just the gift of getting to go out there and, and move through these really pretty places on your own um i have a lot more Appreciation for how dangerous some of the things are, mm-hmm. <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's to kind of willy-nilly go out and do stuff, certainly solo all the time, and absolutely no backup resources whatsoever. So, um, yeah, I think all in all, it just made me really appreciate what I'm able to do and what I get to go do. Um, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. And so mm-hmm. really soaking it in, and really getting to, like, fully experience it all while I can is so much more important to me.
1: yeah. What was the start line of No Business 2023 like for you, Lauren?
2: Um, I was shockingly calm. I thought I would be really tearful like Western States. I thought I'd be really nervous and worked up, but I was surprisingly calm. Um, I I had just kind of like done a lot of work um, on my mental state beforehand. Mm -hmm. I'd had a really rough day at Western States, and I didn't want to repeat that. Yeah, um, Because that's not a good way to go into a race that you're trying to really do something yeah. Um, and so I just really come to peace with this is a competitive field this year um, you know there's some there's some ladies that are going to challenge me and make me work for it and I just come to peace with like it's fine I'm going to go out and do the best I can possibly do I'm going to have the day that I can possibly have if they have a better day, they earned it, and that's fine. Yeah. But they don't want it as much as me, so right. I'm going to make them work for it, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. For sure. Uh, did the, did the gun goes off, and 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 no business changes directions each year. Yep. So they'll do clockwise, and they'll do counterclockwise, like what Hard Rock does. So you're not entering the same territory that you had entered before. And that that place where you had your accident is not in the same place that's going to be that's that's a ways off that's mile 60 70 you got to get through yeah. the other parts that you didn't even see the course at all did you was that helpful to not have a repeat and not to kind of have those reminders of where you felt last year and this in that was it a benefit maybe to have the the race go the other way
2: yeah, I think so. Because I was having such a good day. It was really nice to not be able to directly compare my pace or what I felt like at this particular place. Um, it was tough to have the place where I broke my ankle so far down the course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would get to pass it for a while. But yeah, it was really nice to not have that direct comparison. Yeah. Um, it helped a lot
1: i think was it another perfect day did were you were you like going like man this is awful similar to 2022 everything seems to be going well the pace is easy this is just seems to roll on
2: it was not quite as perfect but it wasn't bad by any means yeah. um i felt like i i wasn't it wasn't quite as magical like my legs didn't feel quite as smooth and easy and could just do whatever i asked of them but they were also doing just fine um and so it was, it was something i could work with mm-hmm. for sure and so i knew that I was fine. It was okay. I can, this is a, this is a place I can do
1: something with. Did you have in the back of your head from the start, like, I'm going to cross that place. Like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I have to go back there.
2: Oh, yeah. I dubbed it Ankle Break Alley. (laughs) Uh, I knew exactly where it was. Um, So, yeah, that was a highly anticipated part of the course. I knew it would be in the dark uh, this year. And so... Yeah, that was, I knew after passing that, if I could get past that and feel strong, that I would have a good race. Um, yeah, it was highly anticipated.
1: <laughs> Let's take it to that section. So you, you you know the course, you know it's coming. That aid station you weren't able to make it to and you had to turn around and go the other way. You just got in that aid station. You filled your water bottles, you got whatever you needed, and now you're heading into that space what was that section of that race like for you
2: yeah i was really excited to just kind of face that section um that was the uh 2nd sorry the third section so there's a really long gap between uh crew stops it was yeah. about 37 miles between crew stops yeah um and so there were four A stations you passed in between that um and the A station I never made it to was the second one the yeah. aid station i had to hike back to was the third one and yeah. so um i just had framed that whole section to be like let's just go attack these four aid stations let's get that through and yeah. then when you finally do get to your crew you're on like the last 25 miles it's whatever you're practically home by then um and so when i got to that aid station i never made it to that was a huge moment it's it's also called laurel hill which is close to Lawrence. yeah that yeah was like we'll just change cool. it we'll just change it to lauren <laughs> you know. hill
1: it sounds better anyway <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah there you go yeah um but yeah it was so that was a nine mile section between those two aid stations so i i just settled in and I knew it was gonna be a while um and as i got closer and closer um i just kind of tiptoed
0: <laughs> at this went <laughs>
2: really careful and really slow um I didn't care at that point I didn't care where I was in the race but I wasn't going to possibly risk falling and breaking my ankle in the same place again yeah um so I just really tiptoed and took my time I was watching my feet so much that I actually got off course (laughs) um (laughs) and got lost a little bit um I quickly recorrected and um started as soon as I made that water crossing um and then started that climb up. Uh, it was just this huge relief, and this huge weight was lifted off. Um, and I just yeah. felt like, okay, I can, I can run now, and like, let's go, let's go do this thing. You know, I was really fired up.
1: Were you in first place at that point? I was, yeah. And so did you did you make an, a conscious effort because it, it kind of you, you went down and then you go back up. You made it down that hill and then it was on the way back up that you caught that that route and tripped. Did you look for that exact spot? Yeah,
2: but I didn't want to look too closely. Uh, I figured it would jinx things I don't know <laughs> weird superstitions you know it's <laughs> like I know it's around here i I found the log that I sat and cried on and uh, I was like that's close enough and let's just go
1: <laughs> you're like oh my god that must have been crazy to here you are 365 days later you pass the the, the sob log where you where you're <laughs> crying uncontrollably you're you just are in this space that Put you in a very dark space for two or three months, you know, and and then it's past you. You get up that technical hill, you roll into that aid station, and all of the sudden, it's the same space in a different direction where just a year before you were flying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it felt very, it felt so different coming in there. Um in this direction, being so much later in the race, mm-hmm. it's nighttime. They don't allow crew there anymore. Um, it had a very different feel to it, and I honestly just wanted to get in and get out. I spent like ten seconds there, and I just wanted to blaze through and and just put that whole part of the, the race behind me. Yeah, um I was just ready. To, I knew the next section was like nice and runnable, and I just wanted to. I don't know. I didn't want to dwell in the past anymore. I didn't want to like be there with it anymore. So
1: did it blow it up? In way? Did through. it did it shatter that for you? Did it did that did that crossing, that moment, that getting out of that aid station, was it almost giving yourself permission to forget all of that and just the past is now behind you. You've conquered it and now it's just time to, you know, to put your running legs on and go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It just kinda of like put that in a little like balloon and let that float away mm-hmm. um just take all of that baggage and just go and yeah it, i it's like such a light feeling leaving that and getting to to just now focus on what's in front of you and not focus on all the things that that happened all the self-doubt all the fear of getting back on the trail um i feel like all of that kind of mm-hmm. left um i don't know if it's gone forever but at least it left for for that day anyways Uh, and it felt so good
1: at some point lauren you know you're you're seeing familiar things with a headlight lamp on this time and you know you're getting close to the finish line how far out from the finish line did it start to hit you like redemption is mine
2: it took a little while. When I got to Bandy Creek, which is still about 23 miles out, mm-hmm. um, I was still pretty stressed about what was happening behind me. Yeah. Um, as far as race participants. Yeah, um,
1: making moves. And so I was
2: still, yes, uh, I had gotten word that people were making moves, were hunting down, and were, like, looking strong. And so I knew that I just had to keep hammering, and I, I didn't have time to fiddle with this or look at this or – worry about any little things. And so it was kind of peaceful in that way that Um, you don't have time to like worry about any other outside thing. Like my shirt feels weird here. You don't have time. It doesn't, you don't have time for that. Yeah. You're just moving as fast as you can possibly move down the trail. Um, and I was just by doing that, I was just keeping the same gap that I had. It didn't move. It didn't get, I didn't get a bigger gap. I didn't get a smaller gap. I thought it moved really well. Um, and the gap didn't change. And so I was like, okay, touche. <laughs> uh, I see you back there. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, so it was it was pretty late in the race um, before I had a big enough gap to relax. It wasn't really until the last aid station that I, I knew that as long as I was doing what I was doing, I was going to be fine. Um, in fact, on my way to the last aid station, um, the previous one before that, some, some of the volunteers that were writing down numbers. Um, he was like writing all our numbers down as we came in and, um, he like looked at his clipboard he just kind of looked up like very serious and saw him in like zero emotion whatsoever. Um, but he just looked at me he was like, you're, uh, you're fifth overall. And I honestly thought I was like 15th or 20th. And so I was like very shocked to hear that. And I was like, Oh, I had no idea. And he was like, yeah he's like and then he kind of leans in and he's like uh also fourth place just left and he wasn't looking too hot he's like you need to go chase him down <laughs> and i was like oh okay
0: <laughs> well um, same okay, no more <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh,
2: so i was like okay great uh, so i was like not only running scared from what's behind me but then i had motivation to try to chase down what's in front of me which was and chris Stamen,
1: so- wasn't it chris damon that was in front of you
2: yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Because, incredible runner.
1: Oh, yeah. And because, you know, weeks later or weeks earlier, he crushed Hennepin and ran like a 1340 something. So, yeah, I, I yes. remember him telling me because I talked to him and he said he felt kind of like garbage. Once his, his body was like, once he got to mile 60, his body's like, you're an idiot. We're not doing this anymore. And he had to really have <laughs> well, a hard last 40 just, miles.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah he crushed 100 miles two weeks before that so i'm not surprised
1: <laughs> right <laughs> but, exactly yeah <laughs> so you you get fourth you're now fourth overall and yeah. here you see off in the distance there it is the lighted clock that tells you that the finish line is is near you cross that finish line what was it like there you are the goal is over you won
2: yeah, uh, that was, I don't uh, I don't know if I've totally fully processed even still like how great that was. Um, but coming down, you turn off the trail in the last two miles or so on this uh, like gravel road. Yeah. Um, and you're just kind of like in the moonlight and all the trees. You can't see any lights or hear any noises from the aid station or the finish line mm. or anything. Um, it was just very peaceful. And I feel like I just kind of just like really tried to soak in what was about to happen or what was happening um the, no one they could they couldn't catch me um where I was there wasn't enough time in the race for them right. to catch me and so I just settled into the fact that this was actually happening this thing that I had dreamt about like my entire running career was finally happening <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like giddy um just like so excited and also just so tired and ready to be done but uh <laughs> Just like beyond, this was more than I could have possibly ever hoped for. Um, And I didn't didn't think it was possible to have this day again after what had happened. And to not only come back and be able to run, but to be able to come back and run competitively and finally get the day that I'd always hoped for. I just couldn't believe it was true.
1: There's a great picture at the finish line of you just losing it. Like you (laughs) just, like everything, just, it seemed like... The, all the emotion you were holding up the shelf that you created to hold all that just collapsed and it all just came flushing out or, you know, running out.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I was a big teary mess. (laughs) (laughs) Like It's it's like all the release of all the emotions and it's just the happy tears and it's like so many emotions all in one moment that I don't know what else to do with it, but cry.
1: (laughs) You have buckles, you have more, you've got plenty. Is the no business buckle from this year, does that... Hold a special place for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how to like rank all the buckles. I'm like looking over here; they're all like right there. Um, yeah. I don't know how to rank all of them, but this one holds a very special place, and I think it'll sit at the top uh, for quite a while. Yeah. I don't know how to. I don't know how to top this.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. What, Lauren? Would you say was the biggest lesson that you learned? Over this past year from no business, the DNF to no business, the win.
2: Uh, Just trust yourself. Um, You can come back, you know, work hard, trust yourself and you can do a lot more than you think you can, which I guess is like a lesson you learned just from doing your first ultra even, but it still applies even to this, you know, so um, yeah, you can do it. (laughs) Bye, 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 bye.